And we're back. This is the Underswell Podcast radio show. I'm Derek Sabori. I'm usually your host, but I'm not your host today. Not today. today. Not today. Today I'm sitting here with Ryan Stafford, our intern extraordinaire, student, intern, um, learner, and all-around great guy. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Derek. Yeah, man. It's great. So this is what we're going to do today is a a thing that we're calling um, the Cosm Chronicles. And Ryan came to me. We're looking for some projects for him to do. He's interning with us at Cosm. And we thought this would be a good opportunity to share some of the sustainability stories and talk about the journey behind um, what, what the process was like for us to build the brand and build Cosm, uh, especially since we really wanted and we, we have done, I think, built sustainability in as a core component of the brand. And Ryan saw that. So what do you, what do you see here with this uh, series, Ryan? Um, I think kind of just turning the tables around and have you interviewed for a chance because you do the nice. boat show. You do all these interviews with other people learning how they build things. Um, I think it would be a good opportunity to interview you and see how Cosm and kind of just the idea of it is to follow Cosm as it gets built and um, the ups and downs of building a company, a sustainable company, a B Corp company and document that. So if people are interested, they can follow it. Follow along. So the goal is this is this will be one of a of a of a series. So you're gonna want to follow along and look for Cosm Chronicles as you're going through the podcast. But um, today's show, what's on what's on tap for today? Ryan? Today, I thought we'd just do an introduction for you. I know there's some info on the Underswell mm-hmm. and and your blog and Facebook, all of your socials. But if anyone hasn't followed those, I think it'd be a good opportunity to learn a little bit about you. Cool. And then how you got to Cosm. Okay. Now. Yeah. So we can start with. I mean, you know best, you know yourself the best, but I think we can start before Volcom, Volcom, wherever you want to start, and okay. then we'll build up to there. And then you have the boat show, the underswell, all these different things that you do. It's kind of be good to know how how you built that all up. How it came to be? Yeah. Um, you know what, it's been it's been a long path. So, I mean, my, my career obviously started at Volcom, and I was there for 19 years before uh, breaking off to go to go join Troy to, to start Cosm. But I've always had um, an appreciation for speaking to crowds and talking to students. And even while I was at Volcom, I liked to do student tours and go and present in class. And I think because I had a unique role there at Volcom, as the, I was the vice president of global sustainability. And I would get students that would hit me up um, asking how they got my job, how could they get a job like mine. And I was, I was always kind of stumped because I, we built that, I built that role really organically and naturally through the years. So... I had multiple roles. I started there answering the phones for free. And then um, I was essentially an intern. That turned into a job purchasing fabric and trims. So we, at the time, we did all of our production domestically. So that gave me my experience on how to um, purchase fabric, buy fabrics, works with, work with the production team, understand yields, understand trim ordering and labels and buttons and hang tags and barcodes and care labels. So I did that for years and I then uh, more and more the production started shifting overseas, and I went on to manage the merchandising and design departments at Volcom, which was the team that designs the product and gets all the product developed. Um, and kind of through while I was there, that's when I really had my moment where I really started to learn more about sustainability and had an understanding of what, you know, what, or started to question what the impacts were that our products had, how they affected the environment, and how they affected people. So I took that. Um, I took advantage of that sort of emotion and that sort of, uh, 
you know, sort of strike moment that I had to try to start doing something and making some change there at the company. And I would just, um, we would hold little rallies and we'd do group talks and lunch and learns. And eventually that just kind of led to me being the sustainability guy, even though I didn't start off with any background. My background was, I had an art art degree, which, and then I later on went on to get my MBA, but um, had no experience necessarily in in environmental studies or science or anything, but it, it really um, struck a chord with me, and I just decided I wanted to be a, a part of something different. Mm-hmm. So uh, sustainability sort of fell into my lap. That's cool. Was there a moment at Volcom where yeah. like, this is it? This there, is what I want to. There focus. was. There was. It was one specific moment. So by then we had built a little society called the Ecological Society there at Volcom, and. Um, Troy Eckert, right, who was um, uh, the other co-founder in Cosm, and Cosm was, was really his, his idea, and he came to me saying, hey, I, I, I think this is something we can do together, but he was working at Volcom as well, and he was instrumental in helping to kind of build this, this idea out too, and building a, a society and just doing something better, and he kind of urged me to do like monthly newsletters, and we started doing this lunch and learn, but um, one of the Lunch and Learns that we had, we, we filmed, um, we screened uh, the movie An Inconvenient Truth, which was the Al Gore documentary right. that he did on climate change. And so what was that? That was back in 90, no, 2006, I guess, something like that. My years are all mixed up. Um, but either way, we did that movie and it just, um, after watching that movie, that was my moment. That was the that was moment it. that I'm like, you know what? I am... First of all, I was irritated that I had never learned anything about that in school, um, that it had never really come up in conversations um, around business, and and that I had never even really seen much about it in mainstream news, you know, so I was just, I think I was frustrated and a little let down, and then that was my moment where I'm like, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, this is how I want to do business, whatever I do now, I want to be contributing to doing something better and meaningful, because even at that time, like the discussion of climate change was I remember having this moment where they that you could sense that it was this controversial topic and I said it just makes so much sense to me it doesn't it doesn't matter the idea is that we no matter what have an impact on with the way we make things the trash that we create the pollution that we create the emissions that we that we create all the things that we burn and waste is like there is a clear impact that that creates so right or wrong at that time I said you know what that's it I'm um, I just want to focus on doing things better that's cool that's cool to have one of those moments. Yeah. I call it a flash moment, like a, you know, your lightning bolt sort of moment where yeah. just, you're just struck by lightning. So I wanted to ask you, you asked me in the beginning, but what do you want from the Cosmic Chronicles? Um, I want to, so, you know, part of the, the whole concept with, with the underswell is I, I, I call it like a bridge. So bridging the gap, I feel like there's a gap between the average person who really cares, wants to learn more about sustainability, and I almost felt like I was in a privileged role to be able to be paid uh, a nice salary and be able to go to, to sustainability conferences all over the world and go and work with, with suppliers, rub elbows with big brands who I had, you know, the, and and work under chief sustainability officers in, in France and, and work with world-class brands who are building sustainability programs. That's a really privileged position for somebody who cares about sustainability. 
So I was able to travel to, you know, go to cotton farms and go to factories and and hear speakers, you know, from world-class speakers talk about um, the cradle-to-cradle concept and, and then be turned on to all the books. And then you started talking to other people within the company who maybe were a designer or a merchandiser or a developer or a, a marketing person, a finance person. And they might have been really intrigued, but they weren't privy to that information. So I had to somehow get that in cram all that information that I was fed in that three day conference, you know, somewhere in Hong Kong or Turkey or San Diego. How can I get that back to the regular um, employee? And I felt like it just felt like there was a real miss and a disconnect. So for me with the underswell, my goal is to help bridge that gap and bring those stories, the sustainability stories to the average person and help them kind of feel empowered and feel a part of the discussion. So the, the discussion is not just for professional people or people who are sustainability officers or professionals. It should be for everybody. Right. So I think with Cosm Chronicles, I want to expose and I want to tell the story about what it's like to really build a brand with sustainability at the heart of it from the very beginning. Because when we started this brand, that was our, our kind of our deal to ourselves. Like, hey, we, don't, we didn't want to just start just another brand. We didn't want to take the easy way. We wanted to really kind of have our mental checklist with sustainability and cause-related things and making product fairly and be able to check off every one of those things along the way and really feel proud of what we built. We didn't want to have to, to get halfway down the road and then start dealing with sustainability. We were just like, you know what? From the beginning, we're going to do it the hard way. And that way, there's no looking back. We're only just going to be getting better. You're in better. it 100%. We're in it 100%. So I think that's probably one of you said the average person, but I think too for like even the average consumer, mm-hmm. they're not aware really sometimes right. of the sustainability programs that even some of these bigger companies have. Totally agree. In place, you're so quick yep. to throw them away and say they don't do anything for the environment. They're yeah. hurting it. Yeah. But they do. They have programs in place and some really good ones. Sometimes surprising, you know, um, programs. And that's one that was that was actually I'm glad you brought that up because that's also one of the reasons I I wanted to do this show was is you know you would hear people bash certain companies and maybe and I almost felt like gosh you know what I wish you knew because the things that I go to and the people that I talk to company A company B or C is doing some of the most progressive things right. in the world and they're so big and powerful that by them doing that they're leading the way and and they're really creating a a sea change because if Nike is doing things Levi's Apple you know, if all these big name brands, Adidas, if they, and Puma, if they are doing these things that people aren't hearing about, but us professionals that go to these conferences are blown away by how much effort and energy and money they're putting into these programs really genu- in a really genuine way, and they're working deep in their supply chain, mm-hmm. then you're saying, gosh, if they can do it, then my company can do it. But a lot of times the consumer doesn't get that message because all they see is just sort of the mass amount of products right. that they're putting out their marketing message and their and all brands I think struggle with how much sustainability story do we tell and how much performance or you know kind of brand and, and lifestyle story do we tell what's the negative what's the problem with telling the sustainability story I think, that was one thing I never really understood I think there's a fear one well I, here's one problem right so as soon as you put out something you're immediately you're putting yourself out there for somebody to say well yeah that's okay but why aren't you doing this then? Or well, what about the other products in your line? Or well, yeah, you did, or you did organic. You're saying you're using organic cotton, but why did you dye it black? You know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, you're just. So I think people get really frustrated and feel like you know what, it's just not worth it because we're calling attention to ourselves, and they might want to do it quietly. Right. I'm of the belief though that it's kind of a responsibility that brands have, and 
consumers need to give brands a break and understand that um, it takes a lot of time for these big brands to make um, to really move the needle and start to make change. And it's a big investment of time, energy, resources, and financial investments. But um, so I think there's just a fear factor of one either being called out or um, feeling pressure to unwanted pressure maybe to do more or now that they're not doing enough. So it's kind of a, just guess the sad reality. But but some brands are really taking that step. going, you know what? It's it's okay. And I think my advice to brands is always just tell. Don't try to make up something or paint a picture of things that are different or try to um, make claims. Just just state exactly what you're doing. It's always best to just say, hey, this is exactly what we're doing. Here's the content of it. And maybe 10% um, recycled content doesn't feel like that much to you, but 10% recycled content is more than 0% recycled content. Right. You know? Cool. So this is the Cosm Chronicles. So let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about, I mean, it's you and Troy. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that conversation a little bit? Did Troy come to you? Yeah, you... he did. We had um, we had had some conversations early on. Well, so, so I you had both left Fulcum at this point. Troy left before I did, and um, so I was still there, and I had a great job. I mean, everything, and I still do some. Um, I still consult for them, and I'm so thankful for the opportunities they gave me, and I learned so much there. But um, it was just getting to a time in my career, and I've always go in these sort of five year chunks where I feel like. I sort of get a five-year itch. So I'm sort of like, ah, oh, okay, well, else. yeah, what's next? What's... And I always need to be making sure my in- has, I have this like inner clock that is always like, hey, are you still moving forward towards where you want to be? And if that five-year mark is sort of like, I don't know, I'm not too sure, then I, I start to really get anxious. And I think I was feeling a little anxious because my role at Volcom was, was really getting comfortable, right? At a great position. Right. I reported right to the CEO. I was in a very autonomous work environment. I could do, I built my own program. I ran my own budget. I basically did what I wanted to do. And, um, and it was awesome. And I traveled all over the world and meeting with, with all the other brands and meeting with caring. But I knew that something else was coming my way and it was time for me to do something else. Um, especially as I was getting older too, right? So I was going to be turning 44 and then I'm thinking 45 and where am I going to be in the next five years when I'm 50? And I had this vision of me trying to hustle of something going wrong and me having to hustle with my resume at 50 years old trying to find my next gig and I'm like I just I can't I don't want to do that I and I've always wanted to do something on my own Troy had called me a few months prior to that we had had a lunch meeting on a different product a project and we 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 actually during one of our lunches realized or he shared with me um, his yoga practice and he had been doing it for years and years, but for me it had only been a year or so that I had really dove in and, and we used to have these lunch um, yoga programs at Volcom that I would participate in and they were just like, it was blowing my mind. I was so stoked on yoga. So to have, and I really found that just truly on my own. So I didn't have any other friends that were doing it. So when Troy told me, I can't even remember how it came up, but I was like, oh my gosh, I love yoga right now. I'm so hooked on it, right? And so we found we had, we had found that in common and later on, um, Troy, we're gonna have to call you back, buddy. But um, he calls me and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm, I had this thing, man." He goes, "I and I thought it was about the project we were working on before." He goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "This is different." He goes, "I'm looking for yoga shorts right now." He goes, "I can't find any." I'm like, okay. He goes, "No." He goes, "Like I can't. I'm looking, and it's only there are brands that just didn't resonate with him. The mm-hmm. look and feel, and for us coming deep from within the surf industry, right, and the surf and just kind of the surf skate fashion vibe." There was, and, and Troy being a branding and marketing expert, kind of this Zen expert in, in marketing, he's like, there's nothing that is speaking to me. And so he just had this, you know, for him, it was like, 
that's an opportunity because I can't find a short anywhere, you know, that, and I'm tired of wearing my board shorts to yoga. And so he has this, this idea and I'm like, God, that's, that's crazy. You know, we start doing some Googling and looking and we go, we have another follow-up lunch. And the more we sort of talking, we started talking about it, the more, um, that we realized and he realized that there was something there. And in one of those conversations eventually just turned for him going from asking me advice. Cause the way he tells it is that he knew that he was, he wanted to do something really meaningful and different and with sustainability at it. And the way he tells it, it's like, so there was only one person I was going to go to for advice. And he said, that was me. So in that conversation though, quickly turned to him, just going, wait a minute, what you, you need to come join me. You need to come do this with me. And I've had all these different ideas about being an entrepreneur and trying to do things on my own. This was the first one that I just truly felt like this is it. I got this, I have to go do, you know, it was one of those organic opportunities. Yeah, it was an organic about. opportunity. It was the right time. It was it was in something I really believed in, and it was going to be an opportunity for me to help build a brand with sustainability at the forefront of it. You know, and so everything we were going to do, we really wanted a sustainability story and something meaningful and different and unique. And Troy and I had known each other for so many years, having worked together for you what you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years together, and. Um, I, I just knew it was right. And I remember that moment sitting in my Volcom office, just going, just re- kind of looking around and going, okay, these are my final days. Like, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And it was a scary thing, you know, to leave a really good, um, nice job like that and to go out on your own yeah. and to do but something. But you knew different. you had to. I knew I had you to. you already felt that before Troy had come to you. Yeah, I just about knew. switching it up. Yep. And I was just sort of thinking, okay, so, um, maybe I'll go be a consultant. And I was kind of already crunching numbers of like, okay, how could I survive? What would I need to do? How could I do yeah. it? How many gigs would I need to get? How many clients would I need? And so then it was the conversation in my head and at home with my wife just turned to, okay, so now how much time can I carve out for Cosm? Can I still make my our living? And can we still pay for insurance and all the things? So it's worked out. Okay. This is, uh, yeah, we're here. So two years into it. So we launched. Um, so then I, yep, I put in my um, notice to Volcom and I had some great support from the leadership team there who was um, really gracious and let me, you know, they brought me back on to do some consulting work. But um, we launched Cosm then in this time, November of 2016. So we are coming up on our year anniversary of our launch. Almost a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So tell me, so then tell me about, I mean, I know about Cosm, but tell me for everyone else, tell us about Cosm. Why now? Because there's so many, so so many many companies. Yeah, exactly. I think for us. And I think that's one of the things too, is the reason that I wanted to do this Mm -hmm. or when we started having this conversation, because I'm the same with, with my friends, always wanting to start things and do things, but sometimes it's hard to know where you start or if that idea is a good idea. It's really tough and it's and it's scary. And I think the thing that we just kept reading and learning about was how much money it's going to take. And I, th- I guess it depends on what path you go down, you know. But um, I think I knew, one, you hear so many stories that, you know, you know you're onto something good when you go looking for something and you can't find it and you decide to go do it yourself. I mean, that that is like almost rule number one. So as Troy told me that he couldn't find shorts and I started looking too and I'm like, God, you're right. There's nothing. There are some things, and there were, there were a couple random brands. There was uh, one other men's brand that had just come into the space. I was kind of telling a similar story, but it just wasn't the, you know, it was a, it was a different look and feel than what we had in mind. So we knew, it's like, God, there, the comp- there is definitely a movement, and the bigger brands, you know, Lululemon was putting a lot of energy into men's, and they still are, um, and Viore had come on, on the scene. 
There were brands like Prana, Patagonia was trying to, you know, doing a little bit of a, of a yoga mention here and there. Um, there's Manduka, but there was just, there wasn't really a defined space, but yet we just, all the stats that we would look up, more and more men were doing yoga, more people were doing yoga. And so the, the, the crowd size is growing and the percentage of men that's growing is doing more. There are a ton and everything you read about athleisure and, you know, we knew that the yoga in the women's space was going gangbusters right. and it was becoming mainstream, you know, um, meaning that, you know, yoga leggings were, that was the new jeans, right? It still essentially is. And, uh-huh. and, and we, we sort of tested ourselves like, oh, guys, this just, is this going to go away? Is this a bubble? But the more research we looked like, no, every, every bit of research is saying like, hey, this is, you can go deep on this. It's not going away. It would just become a staple you know, part of our lives and mindfulness and meditation and yoga and wellness. And this is an ancient thing. So it wasn't like this new hype, you know, fad. It was right. like, hey, this is just like slowly working its way now across the globe mm-hmm. into our ethos. And we start, and the more we started asking around, we knew that there were men in the action sports space too that were, that had a yoga practice. And that, that's what was fueling their practice. So everything just kind of kept saying, yes, yes. Yes, this seems like the right thing. Everything lined up. And sustainable business. I mean, that was, I, I knew too, being a sustainability person, that I had to do something with that because, it, it, because so many people are intrigued by it. You know, every brand is trying to get their hands around, like, how, what do we do with it and, and how do we maximize on it? And um, so you combine that, yoga, men's yoga, add some surf and skate into there, sustainability and cause-based business, and was just like, okay, this just feels like this is just right. Feels right. Feels right. So let's just go over, so this is the first one, this is the intro that we mm-hmm. wanted to do, but let's go over just to set it up for the next one, okay. the next one and the next one about Cosm. We can go more into like the details of the B Corp, Yeah. the direct business model, um, just the kind of planning and stuff you need to even start something like that. Yeah. But let's just go over the skeleton of it. Okay, of Cosm itself. Yeah, and so then the, we can set it up for the next one. Yeah, I like that. But um, Cosm is a premium men's yoga brand. Um, we go by, we have a couple things that we like to say. One is realizing mindfulness. We really wanted to push mindfulness into men and portray it maybe a little bit differently and put a vibe on there so that when, when men find our brand, it's got a premium aesthetic look. Design is really important to us as far as um, the design of the product and then the look and the feel of the brand as well. So we really tried to pay strong attention to you know just color and style and fit and detail of, of every bit of the product. And then just how, um, how the photo shoots look and, and just sort of every aspect of it. So we wanted something that was design-minded, but the, all the marketing messaging is about wellness, taking care of yourself, taking, taking a minute to, to, you know, have a moment for yourself, being mindful and, um, adopting a spiritual practice and, and just, um, let's see, uh, you know, and associating with these athletes that people know, especially in the action sports space, mm-hmm. but, um, not all of them are there. We've got artists that are on, on board and, um, you know, uh, doctors on board. So I guess, um, Overall, Cosm, our goal is to provide great products for um, for for men and women if they want to wear it, yeah. and um, provide a sustainable story, give a portion of our proceeds back to yoga empowerment pro- um, projects, and kind of provide a model for for people that want to start a business as well to be able to say, hey, you know what, it can be done this way. We've got an open book business model which is really unique, where we basically tell everybody the cost and the supply chain. We can talk about that later. 
but um, we wanted to hopefully provide sort of a working model for young people or people that start go on and start their business or for big brands to kind of be going, hey guys, look at how these guys are doing business. Maybe it's something to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think there's a lot in the, in the future. You know, we're always thinking about doing events and workshops and retreats and doing collaborations and partnerships all around this idea of the lifestyle we like to live, which is surfing and being outdoors and being in the sports and snowboarding, coming back, using your yoga practice to feel that, being mindful, adopting meditation, and just being well along the whole way. Perfect. That's good. We can touch on all those things. I think so. Yeah, there'll be a lot. Pod to, by pod. A lot, a lot to, to touch yeah. on pod by pod. So, Where can people find this podcast? I mean, if... If they just happen to hear it. If, where are you going to have them all? Set yeah, up so on Underswell is where. I think for now we'll keep them on the Underswell um, podcast until uh, Cosm develops its own. Maybe we'll share them in both spaces. But you'll just look for the Cosm Chronicles on the Underswell. And you can find that at the underswell.com or in the iTunes library or on SoundCloud, either under my name, just Derek Sabori, or under um, the Underswell, which is one word, Underswell. And uh, we'll just try to keep people po- posted. We'll share it on the Cosm Facebook page as well and just keep people uh, aware of what episodes are coming out next. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thanks, I'm Ryan. Excited. Is there anything else you want to... No, aside from um, giving you some props and saying thanks, and I'm, I'm excited to see what you uh, turn this thing into. Yeah, first podcast. How'd it go? First podcast. Felt great to me. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let the audience decide. Leave okay. us a note. Leave us some comments in the, in the messages um, notes section. If you want to hear more, you've got any specific questions about how we're doing things at Cosm, or if there's a... If there's a path that you want Ryan to head down as he curate, curates this, um, this series, then um, let us know and we'll tackle it. Thanks, Derek. Thank you, Ryan. Talk to you later.